woodpecker sheds. All right, I'm going to go outside and milk the cow. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. WMFO adverts. Shut up! Done! And a pleasant good morning to you, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. This is indeed the Shukri Wright Show, 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Touch Free Farm Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thank you for making this show part of your Thursday morning as I'm here with you for a special hour today. It's been a few days. It's been a while, if if we're being honest. First show that I can remember of the new year, which that I actually feel normal. I feel basically back to my normal self. I'll be honest, I have not been my normal self the last week. But you know what? When life knocks you down, you get right back up. And that's the motto of Shukri Rice. That's the motto of the Shukri Red Show. If you want to call into the program, you can call in at 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call in to the show. Speaking of getting knocked down, how many of you Patriot fans felt like the Patriots essentially knocked you on your ass this past week? Or did you already feel this way going into the game against Buffalo? Because, let's face it, a lot of you were basically saying that the Bills were going to blow out the Patriots because of the fact that the Bills, they're at home, first home game since the DeMar Hamlin tragedy, which he has he is now out of the hospital He's back in Buffalo. Great news. And that you thought that the Patriots would find a way to blow this game. I did. I didn't expect the Patriots to, to win the game at all. But the reality is they were in it. They were in it. We all know what happened. They blew it. Special teams is what really did them in for that game. And here we are. A few days removed from that game, and very early on in the offseason, the Patriots find themselves in recovery mode in which that they are picking up the piece of glass in which that exploded in their lap over the course of a 17-game season that was, let's face it, an unmitigated disaster. That's why we are where we are now. Another season has come and gone. And there's no postseason football to be played. Second time in three years. Second time in three years, in early January, the Patriots are now playing in the postseason, which begins in earnest on Saturday. And we're left wondering 
a litany of questions that, let's face it, we don't really have the clear answers to. But because this is talk radio, we're basically here to give you thoughts, opinions, and basically light the fire out in the asses of the Patriots organization that has failed miserably in year number three post-Tom Brady. That's where we are. And you want to know what else, though? We are also at a point in which that I think it is 100% okay and warranted to question the very merit that is Bill Belichick. Because if we were to go back to last August, and I was doing shows then, I voiced my concerns about the decision-making of Bill Belichick for the 2022 Patriots. I talked about this. I talked about how bringing in Matt Patricia and as well as bringing in Joe Judge, two guys who are failed head coaches, was basically going to be a step backwards in which that you needed to really do everything you can to invest into Mac Jones in year two. Instead, we have an entire season under our belt now. We are left wondering whether if Mac Jones is even the franchise quarterback. We're left wondering where the hell does the Patriots go from here? What does Bill Belichick do from here on out? Because let's face it, the Patriots offseason is really in its infancy stages. It's in a stages in which that the newborn baby has been born, and it's basically in the in the room and where they keep the newborns. That's basically where the Patriots offseason is right now. Nothing of substance can really happen until after the Super Bowl. Yeah, they can make announcements here and there and, and whatnot, but but as far as the real moves, you're gonna have to wait a whole month. But In the interim, during that whole month, we have time to dissect what the hell with the Patriots thinking going back to last offseason, going back to training camp, and then going back to during the regular season in which that this was a live edition on a Sunday, Monday, and a Thursday reference of a soap opera that's been poorly written, poorly executed, poorly performed. And all you have to left for it is is floundering ratings that has got everybody saying, throw eggplants, throw the whole damn script out the window, rewrite the whole damn show, and basically go from there. That's basically where we are now. The Patriots were essentially a bad TV show, poorly produced, poorly performed, and all they have left is bad ratings and an executive who is not happy right now. And that executive is Robert Kraft. And as much as we like to sit here and point fingers as to, well, this went wrong and that went wrong, yeah, a lot of things can be true. Mac Jones regressed in year two. Absolutely. Mac Jones is not free of criticism here. The offensive line, absolute trash. And whose fault is that? Oh, that's right. Bill Belichick. How did the Cole Strange experiment go? Not very well. 
It didn't go well. So if you want to point fingers and blame a number of factors in which that, which will be fair, you can and you have a right to, go right ahead. Fine. But at some point, there has to be a level of accountability. And when there's a very little accountability coming from ownership, going down to the front office slash coaching, you have a problem. You have a problem on your hands. Right now, again, it's very early. I'm not going to sit here and, and pass judgment on on why things haven't happened yet or why this has happened or whatnot. It's only, what, four or five days old. That's it. That's all it's been. It's only been four days since the season ended. So now the question now becomes, where do the Patriots go from here? You can call into the program, 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. And I wonder, of your list for the Patriots to do this offseason, what's your number one? What's on your list? Who's your number one? Your number one priority. My number one priority for the Patriots this offseason, get an offensive coordinator. Get an offensive coordinator. And I'm not talking about someone who is Bill Belichick's grandson. I'm talking about someone who has experience handling an offense, calling offensive plays, creating offensive schemes that's going to work in the benefit of Mac Jones. Oh, but that's right, though. Bill Belichick was noncommittal as to whether if Mac Jones was going to be his starter even moving forward. So not only you need an offensive coordinator, which, I mean, every Patriots fan can 100% agree to that, because if you can't, I have a farm and a bridge to sell you somewhere out in Munson, Massachusetts. You're not even sure if Matt Jones is going to be your guy next season. Oof. And that's not a vote of confidence. And if you're a Patriots fan, hearing what was said just a couple of days ago in the Bill Belichick presser, how can you feel confident about the direction of the Patriots organization right now? Bill Belichick basically said that Bill that, that Mac Jones like he he is capable of being an NFL quarterback. Yeah, of course he is. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been drafted. So you're so you're telling us that he's capable of being an NFL quarterback, but not a quarterback for you. Because let's be honest, you weren't happy with Mac Jones. A lot of us weren't at the beginning of the season prior to the injury. Prior to the ankle injury in which that forced him to miss three games. And then Zappy Fever took over here in New England. We all remember. And now, here we are early in the offseason and Mac Jones is not even sure whether he has a job for next season or not. Because let's face it. As much as Mac Jones is a proud man and he believes that he's a damn good quarterback, 
there are reasons to be concerned for what you saw. And I'm not only talking about just from the plain X's and O's. Yes, that's one of them. But I'm talking about judgment, character. Because I saw a lot of things this season that I didn't like from a character standpoint. And even you Mac Jones apologists that are out there, I'm going to need you to really get over your love and get over your crush of Mac Jones and see the truth of what it really is. I saw someone, when things didn't go their way, pout, shout, berate his coaches and superiors on the sideline. Bad look. That's a terrible look. For a guy that is expected to be a leader, someone who is expected to take command of a team of 52 other grown men in that locker room, and you have the guy who is supposed to be your leader, your your imam, so to speak, your rabbi, he's cursing out those that are, that are above him? Whether the reasons are warranted or not, do you want your president of the United States cursing at his staff members? Do you want your president of the United States Cursing at reporters? I don't think that's professional. I don't think that's appropriate exactly. So why the hell would you expect that for a guy that's supposed to be the starting quarterback of one of 32 teams in the NFL to behave in such a manner in which that you would make excuses and say that, well, he's passionate. He has a reason to be upset. But there's a way to go about things in life. When things don't go your way, you don't go and rip the very people that are there to supposedly help you apart. Because the last time I checked, that's counterproductive for what you need to be doing. Say what you will. But there are reasons why that when Bill Belichick said a few days ago that Mac Jones is is capable of being an NFL quarterback, there's reasons to be concerned. 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. Coming up next, I want to go further more into, into depth as to why that is a concern and why there are conversations that need to be had this offseason in which that it's going to be very uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you exactly what that is coming up next on the other side of this break. This is Shukri Wright. You are listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Tufts, Freeform Radio. Christian and Ryan from Group Love, and you're listening to 91.5 FM, WMFO, Medford. Tufts Freeform Radio. 
I'm a good plow a field with one hand And chop a log just as well as a man When it came to increasing disease resistance That woman could lactate like nobody's business Mama's nurse and help raise a healthy family There's nothing she wouldn't do She helped us kids get through With less risk for ear infections And respiratory illnesses When I think of Mama Brings a tear to my eye She gave from her heart Her somewheres nearby Call 800-994-WOMAN Or visit 4woman.gov to learn more Or talk to your healthcare provider See, babies were born to be breastfed Exclusively for six months This public service message brought to y'all By the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services The Ad Council and this station Y'all breastfeed now, you hear? Another day has gone I'm still all alone How could this be? You're not here with me You never said goodbye Someone tell me why Did you have to go?
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show, 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Touch Reform Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. I'm here with you live until 11 o'clock this morning here at 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. The number to call in is 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. As we began the show talking about the Patriots, and rightfully so, considering that the season just ended a few days ago, and there's a lot to to you know sort through in terms of the smoke and the broken glass and and everything else that that goes along with a, another season for the Patriots and wish that it was an abysmal failure and it's not even close. And I talked about this during the previous segment, which I, there's a lot of different reasons you can point at, and you wouldn't be necessarily wrong whether they're big ones or the small ones. But one of those reasons I want to talk about here, and that is Mac Jones. Because I've seen this a lot throughout the regular season and wish that Mac Jones wasn't given a fair chance. He wasn't given the tools to succeed, which that is partly true. But it's not the only reason why Mac Jones was a failure in year two. Now, the easy thing to do would be to point the fingers at Matt Patricia. He has no experience as, as an offensive coordinator or he's a buffoon at that position. Yeah, he is. I personally have called him an absolute ignorant moron being an offensive coordinator, but that was something that he was given by Bill Belichick. Although he wasn't officially call it offensive coordinator, but let's face it, that's what he was. By the time the season began, he was calling offensive plays. And it, things just fell apart rather pretty quickly. You saw glimpses in which that, oh my, okay, we got something here. And every five steps forward that the Patriots would take, they took one big step backwards. Every five steps that Mac Jones would take forward in progress, he'd take one massive one backwards. That's exactly what happened on Sunday. That first Patriots offensive drive, He's moving the ball down the field, throwing the ball well. He was on it until the one throw that was ill-advised. You can say it was a bad throw, yes. You could say it was a great defensive play made by the Bills corner, yes. But you can also say that Nelson Aguilar should have fought more for the ball, yes. But I go back to the decision-making of your, your quarterback. Mac Jones. And that's the thing. When you are a quarterback and you're the starting quarterback of a of an NFL franchise, wins and losses hang in the balance and they are on your shoulders. The quarterback can win you games as much as they can lose you games. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I look at the issue with Mac Jones from this past season and I say when it came to decision making Mac Jones was problematic. You ain't got to like what I what I got to say. And I know many people on Twitter, especially Patriots Twitter at that, that'll say, "Well, how is it is for how is it like you can sit here and make excuses." At the end of the day, Life is about accountability. And when you don't make good decisions, it comes back and backfires. 
oftentimes it comes back and bites you in the ass. And that's exactly what happened with Mac Jones. It wasn't just one particular play or one particular game. It was a pattern. Prior to his ankle injury, post-ankle injury, you saw this too many times in which that, let's face it, defense won you games, special teams won you games, and obviously in the last game, special teams lost you the game. And you can even put Mac Jones next to the special teams as part of the reason why the Patriots are not in the playoffs. See, all you had to do was win. You were in it. You were right there with the Bills. You were there. However, all it takes, one bad decision. All it takes, special teams breaking down, not able to fulfill its responsibilities, allowing Nyheim Hines to return two kickoffs for touchdowns. That'll do you in. But the entire season is not solely hinged on that one game. I'm looking at an overall body of work in which that Mac Jones, when it came to making decisions, was very problematic. And here's why. The reason why I saw a Mac Jones that was absolutely not comfortable, not confident in himself, was because it seemed to me that at times that he checked out of games. He did. Now, checking out of games doesn't mean that you absolutely quit. No, that's not what it means. It means that your focus is not where it's supposed to be or hasn't been where it's supposed to be for the longest of time. And Mac Jones have shown so many examples of which that I look at and I say, Bud, are you focused? Is your head where it's supposed to be? Instead of snapping at the coaching staff or repping them in the in the media and whatnot, how about you focus? Again, when I look at a franchise quarterback, I look at three important factors here. Can he make important decisions under duress? How is he under pressure? How does he respond to adversity? You don't find out how good a person is when things are are going smooth or things are rosy. You don't find out a damn thing about people in that regard. You find out the quality of person that you have when things aren't going your way. When you get told no, when you get told you didn't you need to buy in and trust the process. When things aren't going your way, you get the real deal. And too many people in this world are so hell-bent on excuses. Well, you can blame the offensive coordinator or, or the offensive play caller. Or you, you can blame Bill, Bill Belichick. He's an absolute buffoon. Again, accountability. I want that in my quarterback. I want that from someone that is going to show me a hell of a whole lot more than what Mac Jones did when he did not have things go his way from day one. Remember back in training camp? 
Mac Jones was like publicly questioning Bill Belichick's decision and the system in terms of how he was going to have it set up for the 2022 season, followed by he was basically blowing smoke of Bill Belichick's ass. Remember that? I do. It goes back to last July. And here we are six months later. In the aftermath of a season that was an unmitigated disaster, you could point fingers and say, well, Mac Jones did not have the proper weapons or did not have X, Y, and Z and so forth. You can. But part of the reason why I am concerned for Mac Jones moving forward as to whether he is a franchise quarterback moving forward is because I did not like what I saw when adversity struck. Let me tell you why that matters in the NFL. I'm going to give you a handful of examples, as a matter of fact. Number one, I look at Peyton Manning, for example, in Indianapolis when he was a Colt. When he first got drafted, he had clearly the talent to be an all-time great quarterback, and he was. But he had hiccups in his rookie season in which that, for an average NFL fan that saw Peyton Manning's rookie season in 1998, you can remember that you were like, oh my gosh, what the hell is this guy doing? But he figured it out. He figured it out ultimately. Tom Brady went through adversity many times here in New England throughout his career. Did he respond well? You bet your ass that he did. Another example, Ben Roethlisberger in his prime. How did he react to adversity? He reacted pretty well, handled it pretty well, and did what he had to do for a number of years. Now, you could say the last couple of years of his career were were lackluster, and that'll be completely accurate because they were. But you want your franchise quarterback to be able to handle adversity, to be able to handle challenges and say, you know what? I own you. You don't own me. I own the situation and I'm going to dominate and I'm going to kick your ass. That's what you do. But I didn't see that for Mac Jones. What I saw was someone who... When things didn't go his way, he's yelling at the coaching staff. Better yet, I'm going to take it a step further. What I also saw was was someone who showed poor body freaking language. You see, winning covers a lot of things. We hear this cliche statement in sports all the time. We do. Winning covers a lot of things. But when you're not winning, that's when the problems come in. You're not good enough to be doing these things. The number to call is 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call into the show as we are going to roll on until 11 a.m. Eastern time. Coming up next, there's a reason why I am of the belief that the Red Sox have to be among the most idiotic franchises in pro sports right now. Because there was a piece of news that happened 
about 36 hours ago that still has me saying to myself, what the actual hell? I'm going to tell you exactly what that is coming up next here in the Shukri Wright Show, 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Touch Reform Radio. It was a normal day. He was in some minor accident, a fender bender. And I had this impulse to call him, but I didn't, because I thought I could call him later that week. He abandoned the car, he came home, and he shot himself without ever talking to anyone. When I came home that night and I found her, they told me that she had shot herself, and I couldn't believe it. I asked if he was okay. Taking a gun into your house uh, for protection is um, a terrible myth. Once you pull that trigger, that's it. There is no coming back. 65 Americans a day die by gun suicide. Store your gun securely, locked, unloaded, and away from ammunition. Help stop suicide. Learn more at infamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. Imagine being forced to live outside with only a thin coat to protect you from the bitter cold. Desperate, you call out to your family, but they ignore you. All alone, you shiver and shake as frostbite sets in and you slowly freeze to death. When it's cold, bring your cat or dog inside. Make sure other outside animals have adequate food, water, and shelter, and report neglect immediately. For more information, visit PETA.org or call 757-622-PETA. Man. 
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show, 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. Touch Free Farm Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app, globally on WMFO.org. As it's been a, an action-jam-packed show today, as we're here with you until 11 o'clock Eastern, here on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. The number to call is 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. Among all the questions I have in Boston sports right now, the number one question I have is, what the hell is going on on Jersey Street, formerly known as Yawkey Way? Anybody want to tell me? Because I have yet to have figured out what is going on inside those walls on Jersey Street, formerly known as Yawkey Way, over at Fenway Park. Because nothing about this offseason for the Boston Red Sox has made much sense at all. To me, to any baseball fan, and chiefly Red Sox fans, period. So, Monday, or was it Monday night or Tuesday night? It was Tuesday night. The news came out that shortstop Trevor Story was going to get surgery to repair an injury in his elbow. It's not Tommy John surgery, but... He was basically essentially he was going to miss at least six months, up to six months, and it's got me wondering what the hell are the Red Sox doing? How long did they know about this? Because I'm starting to piece piece everything together now. Let's go back to around. New Year's Day. Better yet, let's go back to the Winter Classic at Fenway, which I was there for. John Henry goes to the game. He's owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, as you all know. He goes to the game. He gets booed, berated by Red Sox fans who are mostly Bruins fans at Fenway Park. 
a few days later, the Red Sox announced that they come to an agreement with Rafael Devers on a new contract extension that would basically make Rafael Devers a Red Sox for the remainder of his career. 11 years, $331 million. That comes out. And then, Tuesday night, the news breaks. Trevor Story out up to at least six months with an injury in his throwing shoulder. Oh, sorry, excuse me, an injury in his throwing elbow. So Trevor Story is going to miss up to six months with an injury in his throwing elbow in which that he's going to have to get surgery for. What did the Red Sox think in releasing that, that news now? How long did they know about this? Because nothing that Bloom says is to be trusted. Nothing that ownership says is to be trusted at this point. Because we've seen time and time again this entire offseason that the Red Sox front office, especially Bloom, basically don't know their elbow from their own ass. They don't. Like, it's insulting as someone who follows the team. Now, I'm not a Red Sox fan who follows the team, reads the news pressers, very much aware of what's going on with the Red Sox and whatnot, and you're trying to sell the fan base, well, we didn't know how like how long that this was going to happen until Trevor's story essentially around Christmas time began his usual offseason throwing program, and he realized that the discovery was still there. So he decides to go get checked out. Oh, by the way, he's going to need surgery. You want to know what's really insulting about all this? You see, in life, when you don't do things the right way and when you half-ass things, you get burned in the end. This is all part of karma laughing in the face of the Boston Red Sox. I said it a year ago. And on Twitter, and I said it at the time, that the signing of Trevor Story was going to signal the end of Xander Bogarts as a member of the Boston Red Sox. And it turned out that I was right. Sadly, I was right. So you allow him to walk in free agency. He signs an 11-year deal with the San Diego Padres. And the guy that is replacing Bogarts at shortstop is someone who is now going to miss up to six months after only playing in 94 games last season. So let me understand this correctly. You let Bogarts walk because you didn't want to pay him. Meanwhile, he was the most durable and the most dependable infielder, arguably, for the Boston Red Sox over the last several years. Someone who was a constant, who showed up every day to play. You allow him to walk out the door, and the guy that you said, you know what, we're going to replace Bogus with, with Story, can't even show up for at least half the damn season without being injured. And he's going to miss more than half the damn season. Make it make sense. You can't. You can't make sense as to what the hell is going on at, at Fenway Park. 
You can't make sense as to the decision-making and the thought process of the front office for the Boston Red Sox this offseason, including now. So guess what's going to have to happen? You're going to have to go out and go get yourself a shortstop because, oh, let's see, because you want to take your center fielder and Kike Hernandez, who's better suited as an outfielder, and put him at short, and now you're short as center fielder in which that you don't, you don't even have. Congratulations. Congratulations, Bloom. You've played yourself. You've played yourself. And now somehow we're supposed to be, you know, gullible into thinking that everything's fine. We're going to figure this out. And Red Sox fans are left celebrating the bare minimum. Is this what Red Sox has come to? Yeah. Unfortunately, because the ineptitude of Bloom has been absolutely disgusting. It's been disgusting, and it's been bad all offseason. So let me post to you this question. And by no means am I talking crap about the Red Sox. I'm not. So if this team somehow manages to be in third or fourth place with a sub-500 record come June, what do you do then? Who do you begin to point, stop pointing fingers at? Because it sure as hell ain't Alice Cora. This is not an Alice Cora issue. The, the absolute magnitude of the microscope that Bloom is going to be under this season is going to be intense. And I'm convinced that he's not ready for the scrutiny that he is going to face that's going to be coming at him on a daily basis once the baseball season gets underway. He's not ready. Because if he thought that this offseason was bad, he hasn't seen a damn thing yet. And if he thought last season was terrible, wait till this season, especially the first season post Xander Bogarts. Because Xander Bogarts should be a Red Sox still. Some of you would say, well, he's not worth 11 years. Bull-loney. Bull-loney. You give the years and the money to the guy that is your face of your franchise. Miss me with the whole, he's not worth 287 million. He's not worth 11. Yes, he is. Because guess what? Who was going to be the guy that's going to replace Bogart's a shortstop? Tell me. I'll wait. Because it sure as hell wasn't going to be Trevor Story. It shouldn't have been Trevor Story. You want someone whose velocity on his toes has gone down the last three years to be your shortstop? Meanwhile, he played second base last season, and there is a reason why. Because he can barely get any power under his throws to get over to first. And you think that's a coincidence? No. So the Red Sox find themselves in an absolute world of trouble. Whoops. And whose fault is that? Oh, that's right. That's right. The guy who was supposed to have a plan did not have a plan. Now he's basically searching through scraps, searching through whatever landfill somewhere on Staten Island and hopes that he'll be able to find some sort of gold. Oh, this guy was an absolute revelation due to the sabermetrics. Baloney. Baloney. The guy was a revelation because you had no other option right now that you could honestly say that he was ready to take over and perform at a high level on an everyday basis consistently. Because I don't see it on this roster. 
I don't see it right now. And oh, by the way, Carlos Correa just went back to the Minnesota Twins for six years, $200 million. You can at least knock on the door, at least Carlos Correa? Again, ineptitude. Excuses don't do me anything whatsoever. I'm speaking based on actual facts. You didn't have the money to pay Bogarts, which was absolutely ludicrous. You had the money to pay Devers, but you didn't have the money to go spend on a shortstop in free agency. Carlos Correa was out there for weeks. The deal with the New York Mets was never officially a done deal. And yet somehow, he goes back to where he was last season, this time on a multi-year deal. So congratulations. You played yourself. Number to call in is 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call into the show. Coming up next, final thoughts here on the Shooker Wright Show, 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. gun him and his friends would go shooting when he stored the gun he didn't know in a million years we never thought that emily could there's a hole in our family that can never ever be filled 65 americans a day die by gun suicide safe gun storage saves lives learn more at infamilyfire.org brought to you by brady and the ad council
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show, 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Touch Free Farm Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Final Thoughts is brought to you by your truly Shukri Wright here at 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Touch Free Farm Radio. Celtics win last night in which that, let's face it, Jalen Brown was absolutely spectacular in the game last night against the, the Pelicans, who are without Zion Wills, Williamson. And I really like what I saw big time. I really did. And I'll take it even a step further in which that the Celtics, even after their slump, which lasted a couple of weeks, they seem to have found their way again, going back to the winning ways, playing, winning basketball defensively. Obviously, you know what you're going to get like offensively and whatnot, but the Celtics have done a, a spectacular job so far here in January in which that every challenge that they faced – They've been able to like figure things out, and there's a lot to like. There really is a lot to like um, based on what you have seen, and in which that Tatum and Brown are that dude. They are that duo in which that there's no better duo in the NBA right now, in my opinion. Yes, I am aware of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray in Denver. I mean, listen, let's face it. That could very well possibly be the NBA Finals matchup this June. We'll see. But right now, Celtics, they continue to, to play much better basketball after being in such a malaise over the last couple of weeks. And also, the Boston Bruins are back home tonight. They're playing the Seattle Kraken, who right now they are the hottest or one of the hottest teams in, in the league right now. But on um, the Boston Celtics, Bruins, rather, excuse me, they are they're home for the first time in what seems like forever. And I pointed this out a couple of nights ago that for some reason – Ticket prices at TD Garden for Bruin home games have skyrocketed in a way in which that I haven't seen in quite some time. I mean, yeah, they are they are the best team in the league right now, 32-4-4. Four, and four. I mean, my gosh. But if that's the ticket prices now, and I saw ticket prices for balcony seats starting at around, let's say, $170 last time I checked. My goodness. Whoo! You can only imagine what the Stanley Cup playoff tickets are going to look like. <laughs> but either way, this is the price you pay when you have the best team in hockey that's got a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup this season. That remains to be seen what happens between now and the playoffs. A lot can change, obviously, but you never know. But tonight marks the official halfway mark of the regular season for the Boston Bruins. And my God, what a team what a run it has been for this team thus far. So, 7 o'clock puck drop. Cracking Bruins at TD Garden. It's going to be a good game tonight. I'll be following along, of course, as always. I'll catch you again later on. This has been a pleasure to be back in the studio doing the show live with you here at 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. This is Shukri Wright saying adios. I'll talk to you later. Have a great day, everybody. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Touch free from radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app, globally on WMFO.org. Have a good day. Peace.